Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Um, it's uh, great to be with you guys for another podcast. As you heard in the introduction, uh, Mike and I started a podcast over a year ago, probably two years ago, and, and the focus we've made for these podcasts is mold, obviously. We like to put emphasis on health, and um, so we've, we, we've got you a special podcast today. We like to bring on guests, too. We, we often find people in the community, not only in our community, but throughout the U.S., and elsewhere who are experts at various aspects of mold and health. And uh, we have one today. I don't know if you want to do any introduction, Mike. Yeah, in fact, Jeremy, Jeremy and I, we need to share a mic. Um, I've committed to save my lunch money to get a third mic. But for now, <laughs> we're just going to share this mic. But our guest is uh, Ryan Blazer, who is, uh, I'm going to let him tell the listening audience a little bit about himself. But we know him as one of the foremost experts on um, the health of homes and home inspection. And so with that, I'll let Ryan just kind of give us a little bit of background and tell us tell us what you do, Ryan. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, guys, for having me on. So I've been doing environmental toxicology in one form or another for about 25 years now, working in different industries. Uh, my background is electromagnetic engineering. I also have a degree in uh, building biology. And we do anything healthy home related. So we go into the home, we test for air quality, we test water, we test for chemicals. Of course, mold is a big one. Uh, EMF, sound, lighting, vibration, anything in the home that could be a stressor or a toxin, we dive in and figure it out. That's amazing. Um, actually, that just just listening to your introduction there, it reminds me we need to have you back again, probably. Because <laughs> we do focus largely on mold and health. Um, but as you kind of noted, there are multiple things within a home that can cause health issues. Am I correct? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think we're all kind of on the same team here, uh, trying to make people healthy, trying to make people feel better. There's a lot of toxic things in our world today, not just mold, uh, not just our environment. But I think it's important to point those out and educate people on, on how they can live a healthier lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, I'll be the first to say that, you know, I probably wouldn't have really cared about these topics very much if I hadn't had my own experiences. I know you, Ryan, also had some of your own exposures to mold and other things. Correct. what got you into this? You know, I, yeah, like I said, I've been doing this for a long time, but it didn't become real and it didn't become a life passion until I became sick. Uh, it was a combination of living in a moldy home and also I was remodeling an old scout and I was doing a lot of sanding and working on it. I wasn't wearing a respirator and it, it inhaled a lot of uh, lead, lead dust. So I got some heavy metal toxicity and that in combination with the mold, I, I got pretty sick. Well, and then I have my own case with my mom, who I'm convinced um, passed away way too young. And uh, it was long before I got into this business. But I look back now, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I'm absolutely convinced that she had mold toxicity and she ended up with the wrong doctors um, that didn't understand mold. And took her down the wrong the wrong path, started giving her you know um, prednisone, um, steroids, and pain pills, and it just her health just deteriorated. And 
from that point on. So, yeah, we all have our own stories to tell. Yeah. As they, as I've heard doctors say, every every doctor in the nation's treating mold illness. They just don't know it. That's that's so true. <laughs> yeah, and they're a lot of times they're st- treating the the uh, symptoms and they're not getting to the root cause. Yeah. Well, we I, we'd love to. So for today, um, we'd like to make our focus electromagnetic fields and frequencies because I mean it sounds like you have a degree in that or a related field. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, that's very coincidental. So. Um, can you kind of explain for the average person what are EMFs? That's the that's the acronym you'll hear frequently. What are they? And kind of explain how they can affect our homes and our health. Sure, yeah. So EMFs are basically break down into three different categories. We have the E of the EMF is electrical. And so that comes off of the electrical wiring in our home. Anything that runs off of electricity, it produces an electric field that vibrates, that pulses 60 times a second, positive, negative. And that can have a physical interaction with the body, our heart, our nervous system, our brain, even our cells on a cellular level is using these little electrical impulses to turn on and off and, and indicate uh, signals in our body. And so when we overlay these artificial frequencies, it's much harder for our body to do what it needs to do best. Um, so that's the E of the EMF. The M is the magnetic energy. Uh, the magnetic energy comes from motors, fans, uh, high voltage power lines, things they are using a lot of power, appliances in our home. Uh, if you think about the magnetic fields and how they interact with the body, it's kind of like how a magnet would interact with nails. A handful of nails is going to attract, and if you change polarity, it's going to push away. And so this alternating magnetic field going through the body causes low-level vibration, ultimately tumors, cancers, a whole range of issues. And so it's really important that we uh, limit our exposure to these types of fields that are inside of our body and inside of our homes. Now, the third type of EMF is the frequencies, uh, the high frequencies that come from our cell phone, the Wi-Fi router, the Bluetooth. You hear a lot about 5G, smart meters. These are all the things that are transmitted data over the, uh, the airwaves. These can go through the body. They can go through the brain. They can interact with how we think. We get more of the neurological effects that come from that, the chronic fatigue, the ADHD, the irritability, um, lower mood, uh, headaches whole range of different neurological issues so um, i know ryan that you're obviously not a doctor and 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 we are not as well but um when you talk about let's let's talk about 5g for example that is basically could i say that's a toxin in your body just like any other like a mold mycotoxin or a, a bacterial exotoxin would 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 you call that a toxin or what would you call that yeah Maybe carcinogen would be a really good word. It's a class okay. 2B carcinogen by the World Health Organization. So it is a, it's a known carcinogen on the body is cancer-causing. At, at the, the, the thing that the argument is with people in the debate is at what level is it a carcinogen and for how long do you need to be exposed and for uh, what strength. And so if uh, we have these group of doctors that say, all right, 10 microwatts and less is, is safe and we're good. And, and there's nothing to worry about. And then we have the FCC uh, says, okay, 2.5 million to 10 million on the upper end, we know is cooking you from the inside out. Of course, no one's going to argue if you put your head in the microwave and turn it on that it's dangerous for you. But then we have this whole range in the middle, and that's where the debate is. And say, okay, for someone that has cancer or a little child or maybe a 20-year-old that's healthy, they all have different tolerance levels that they similar to mold. Right? Everybody can be exposed to different levels and have different symptoms. So 
that's where we get a lot of the confusion and the debate going on right now is at what levels are these safe and for how long and for, for what type of people. So go, kind of going back to your EMF, electromagnetic, and then field, field or frequency. It's EMF stands for electromagnetic fields, but electromagnetic, and then you can think of the fields as the frequencies. So yeah. you're kind of, there's kind of three, I mean, is it three separate aspects of it that are yep. kind of being drawn out there? Yep. And they all kind of play on you and, and on the environment a little bit differently? Right. Correct. Okay. But they all can have the potential to affect you. Exactly. In a different way. Yep. Okay. Well, the one that the one ha that has grown almost, I've been told I can't use the word, I shouldn't use the word exponential because according to, in fact, according to Jeremy's brother, who is a physicist, he said, Mike, very few things are exponential. So I try not to use that word, but <laughs> of the three, the frequency or the field is the one that has just shot up in the last 10 years. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. You're right. You know, and if you even go back further, 100 years ago, well, maybe say 150 years ago, there was really no electronics on the planet at all. Um, and so our bodies have evolved on this planet for thousands and thousands of years in a natural state without these alternating currents, without these high electric fields, without these radio frequencies traveling through the air. The only EMF that we really knew was what came from the sun, which came from the stars, and then the static north and south pole of the earth. Everything else outside of that that we're being exposed to now, maybe on an exponential scale, is all unnatural and our bodies have had to develop um, ways to fight that off in one or two generations. And we, we haven't been able to do that. And that's why we're seeing the toxicity load on the body. And then you throw in 5G, which is the one I've, I've read the most about. I mean, that is off the scale high. Is that correct? Compared to what we ever had before. Right. They're, they're used. It's more compact data. The frequencies are more intense and there's much more antennas. Many, many more antennas. And that's what the big deal with the 5G is. It's so concentrated now you can't really get away from it. Okay. So so we, you've made a good case for, you know, Mike, you brought up how the frequencies have exploded with the technology boom. We've got a lot more frequencies in these fields in our homes. Um, is there a way, Is there, are there good ways nowadays to determine the, I don't know, do you call it like the frequency load on a home or to measure the EMFs? Yeah, you can buy, there's some various meters you can buy. There's um, several people like me in the country that can go into the homes and determine that. Uh, there's courses you can buy. But you basically get the equipment, you get the meters, and you go through your home and you measure and see what the levels are in, this, in the various spots where you're spending a lot of time. This is a dumb question, but on my phone, I can pull it up for you. I have an app. Now, I didn't pay a lot for it. In fact, I didn't pay anything for it. It was a free app. <laughs> Supposedly, it measures EMFs. Is that nonsense or is that legit? So it, it can probably, it's probably measuring radio frequency because it's a radio frequency device. So that's, it has antennas in it. Uh, as far as magnetic and electric fields, probably not very accurate. But the radio frequency, sure, it can measure that. Okay. okay interesting. I do, I do pull it out once in a while. Just, I, I mean, I see like a big power line or something and i can't get it to do much different but again that's because that's not necessarily wrong category yeah. yep different okay we got electric fields and magnetic fields that come off the power lines yep okay so so you you want to kind of know what's going on in your home maybe hire a guy like ryan who specializes in it or you buy some of your own devices 
you know, take some internet courses, figure it out. Um, you determine that you've got some hot pockets in your home. Um, I guess you kind of mentioned some of the devices, you know, in each of the categories, but what in a home, what are the most common areas that we're looking for these pockets? So there's basically three different categories of EMF sources. We have our outside sources, our more distant sources. That's going to be the stuff outside the home, the cell towers, the 5G, AM, FM radio stations, the high voltage power lines. Those are the things that are affecting us from outside the home that we really can't do much about. And then we have more of our medium proximity devices. That's going to be the devices in our home that are around us, but not right next to us. That's going to be the Wi-Fi router, going to be the smart TV, going to be the Alexas, if you got wireless cameras, uh, baby monitors, perhaps. And then we have the close proximity devices. And those are the ones uh, that you really want to focus on to get the most impact. That's going to be the AirPods that we were talking about. That's going to be uh, any kind of Bluetooth device you have on your, your body, the Aura rings, the uh, any kind of medical devices, the cell phones, of course. Those devices that are close on the body are high, high level, high proximity, high duration. Three things that are the worst. So those are the ones you want to focus on first. But all three different categories have their different problems. So I've, I've only read enough to be dangerous about this so far, but tell me about smart meters. So smart meters uh, is the power uh, regulation that comes into the house. They're measuring how much energy you're using, and they send the data back to the power company. Now, they can send data back every 30 seconds to 45 seconds, sometimes a couple minutes. But that high ping is very, very powerful, and it shoots through the house. It talks from home to home and sends the data back. Now, if you have your bed on the opposite wall of where your smart meter's at, you could get that high ping hitting through your body you know, every minute or so, and you're trying to sleep, and that's a disturbance. Interesting. So, so you're saying that the close proximity devices seem to be the ones that you should, you know, as a first line of defense, that's probably a great spot, spot to start as far as... Yeah, I just saw you tip, move your phone a little bit away on it. You did that automatically there. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. Yeah, I was talking about. It. I was like, get yeah. away from me. Yep, yep. <laughs> there you go. That's no, that right there is a a big move. And so, you know, I got my air, my phone's on airplane mode right now. Obviously, I don't need to make any calls right now. So why have it on exposing me in my pocket? So on airplane mode is now it's now it's two feet away from me. Is is two feet for these types of devices making that much of a difference? Absolutely, because it goes, it, the power radiates out um, and it dissipates to the power of pi because it's a, a cylindrical ball. And so when you take one foot away, it drops at 90%. When you go two feet away, you're at like 97%. Oh, so wow. Just by moving it and having it on the table right here, two, three feet away from you versus in your pocket, cut your exposure down like 98%. Wow, I did not know that. Yep. Because I, in my mind, I thought there's, it's unavoidable. You know, I, I can't get rid of my internet, or I guess I could, but I mean, there's so many things in my life that I'm yeah, just you like. You were mad enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just seems overwhelming to think. Get rid of all your technology is kind of what it sounds like sometimes. But you know, I guess if there's little tricks like that where it's like move your phone a couple feet away from you or put it on airplane mode. So what about the what are the I don't I'm not uh, AirPods. AirPods. What about the AirPods? Are those would you steer clear of those? So when I see kids walk around with AirPods in there, they might as well have a crack pipe in their mouth. Honestly, that's the way I look at wow. it. It's very dangerous because they it's right next to the brain. We're talking inches from where your brain matters at, and it's very very high frequency, very high energy. 
and it goes from the phone to one ear pod and then from that ear pod to the other ear pod. Right. Some goes through the brain, some goes around the head, get that signal. Yeah, so so these these devices close to the head, that's you know, any vital organ probably, right? Heart yep. head. Yep, it's that proximity. Yep. Okay. So that's better than or that's worse than having it on your foot. Not that you would have one on your foot, but right. Well, I know that there was a you probably know this better than I do, but there was a letter written by world scientists and world doctors um, that tried to go to on a, you know on a on a worldwide scale and tell nations to stop with the five G. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, why why hasn't there there been more pushback from the medical world or or um, you know anybody to say look this can really mess with us? Why are we continuing to put in more cell phone towers than ever before and, and pushing this 5G thing? Well, you know, I think we could ask that same question about chemicals, and why we're building the homes the way we're building them, the food that's on our planet, the toxic media we see, it's because of money, because they're making a lot of money off of this stuff. And depending on who's funding the research, that's the answers that you're going to get on the backside. So, um, yeah, I, I think 5G is the hot topic, obviously, when you look this up. And I've also heard, I might, I might have heard it from you on a different podcast, but I think you said something to the effect of people get all cut up on 5G when there are so many other things that they are ignoring that are impacting them, right? Can you speak to that? Because 5G is one of those outer line ones I was talking about, out of the outer category outside the home. And actually, 5G is blocked fairly easy. And that's one reason why you need so many more towers is because your home, trees, I'll block 5G pretty good. So when we talk about uh, the 5G down at the park, that tower that's a quarter mile from your house versus the cell phone that's in our pockets and the AirPods in our ear and the Wi-Fi router sitting on the desk across the room, those are the things that are impacting us more because they're a lot closer and we're around them a lot. So if you if you took some of your meters and you put them like right up to some AirPods, does, does that spike quite a bit? Yeah, so right on the meter, AirPods are right around a, a million microwatts. So at 2.5 million microwatts is when they're able to measure a thermal increase in the body, which means you're basically cooking the body at that point. So, so, so you're halfway half. there. Yeah. Yep. Same with a phone, cell phone? Same with a phone. About a million? Yep. Phone can go up to 2.5 million. Wow. And in some Silence. cases more. Yeah. <laughs> now, keep in mind, the phone will vary its power depending on how far away you are from the cell tower. So it does that to conserve battery power. So if we're pretty close to the cell tower, it maybe only needs to use 10% of its power, which is good. It means you're radiating yourself less, but you're closer to the tower, right? So if you're the kind of person that uses your phone all the time, it's better to be a little closer to the tower. If you don't use it very uh, very often, it's good to be maybe 10, 15 miles away to where you only have one or two bars. But when you see one or two bars on your phone, know that that power is, is pretty maxed out in order to get its signal all the way back to the cell tower. You just yeah, you just dropped some bombs on us yeah. here. Yeah, good, good thing I told Ryan before the show I lost my AirPods a few weeks ago, and so good thing. And you did mention maybe you th- thought you might be feeling a little better. Yeah, I actually I I definitely noticed a difference because I I kind of I was one of those guys where it was even when I wasn't using them I kept them in my ears in case someone called I could just click them. Uh-huh. Um, so I had them in there pretty regularly. So taking them out and not having them for the last three weeks I could tell. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and I've been doing this long enough, but 
and seeing the results from people. And it just blows my mind how much EMF actually affects people. I think it's one of the, right next to mold, it's probably one of the most underestimated uh, toxins in our environment. Yeah, so, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I have more questions about the EMF. So I just want to make sure I have kind of the main, the main culprits in our homes. Obviously, the cell phones, or the AirPods. Um, what else kind of in the home are we more concerned with? Wi-Fi router and extenders. Wi-Fi router and extenders. Those are bad, yep. And then look around your office. If you work from your home, what do you have in your room? Do you have the wireless printer? You got a wireless keyboard? You got a wireless mouse? You have your laptop? That's connected to the Wi-Fi router, maybe an extender in the room, maybe a smart TV, maybe Alexa. Now we were talking eight to ten sources within a really close proximity on all the time. And and I think you mentioned is is Bluetooth. You know, I hate to talk in terms of better or worse, but is that considered better than other frequencies? So cellular data on a phone is going to have to transmit up to twenty miles in some cases. It's the highest power. Then next would be Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi can go maybe up to 50 yards. Uh, and then Bluetooth is going to be last as far as signal strength, and it's going to only have to transmit about 50 feet. Okay. So obviously that's well, the, the three. Bluetooth is the safest. Bluetooth is the safest because of, of strength. So when we talk about our three things we're analyzing, it's strength, signal strength is less when it comes to Bluetooth. So before the podcast, Ryan, you had mentioned that there seems to be a correlation between, uh, maybe this is a good segue, but correlation between people who seem real sensitive to EMFs and also suffer from mold. Yes. What's your what's your take on that? Yeah, from just you know my years of doing these assessments and going into people's homes, I'm finding a very strange connection between people that are more sensitive to EMF when they've been exposed to mold or when they're in a moldy home, they seem to be much more uh, sensitive to EMF and we can add chemicals to that as well the type of people where it's, man, when I go down the aisle at Walmart and I go through the cleaning aisle, I just, I get a headache or brain fog yeah. or, you know, I'm on my phone for five, 10 minutes and I just start feeling brain foggy. You don't feel good. It's just, so it's this weird correlation that I've found. Well, I, I, don't know what it is. I might have a question for you that may stump you because it, it has stumped me for years. But when I talk to people who are sick and they have mold in their home, a very high percentage of them get shocked when they turn their light switch their lights on and off and after we treat the home that goes away and the reason i know that is because oftentimes especially here in utah where it's really dry they think i gotta run this humidifier bike or otherwise i get shocked every time i turn turn on my light and i always tell them trust me trust me i i don't think you should humidify your house as humid as you have it because it's causing mold and so turn your humidifier down trust me once the mold is gone the shocks will stop. Have you ever heard of anything like that? Because it, it seems more common than not for me to run into people like that. So I do know that you know, drier climates are more prone to shock. You know, And if you're wearing polyester, you seem to shock more. But I haven't heard what you're talking about. So that's very interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. In fact, I number of people off the top of my head, I can name that, that I don't get shocked after my home. There's some fringe stuff out there that I've heard on some, and I listen to all kinds of podcasts yeah. about mold, but I've yeah. heard that mold actually has small EMF resonance to it. And when you get a whole bunch of mold together, it actually has an EMF signal to them, the colony. Maybe that has something to do with it. So um, now that we're talking about mold and EMF, so t tell us about the interaction there, because I know this is something that's getting more common too. Again, it seems like it's in the, in, you know, 
these random blogs, anyways, that I find online, but you'll hear people talking about you know, EMF interacts with mold and they kind of, I don't know if it's a synergistic relationship, but they do have an interaction and they affect one another. Correct. Yeah. And I think what you're referring to is the study done by Dr. Klinghart, where he claims uh, based off of studies that he's done that mold can put up to 600 times more mycotoxins out when they're in an elevated radio frequency field. Now, that they tend to think of that as because the mold feels threatened, it feels affected, it feels like there's something attacking it. And so, of course, the mycotoxins is the, the defense mechanism. So it's releasing as much as it can as a defense. Um, I don't think, I don't know if this study has been replicated anywhere else uh, or what's behind it, but it's definitely fun to talk about and think about. You think there's some, some truth to that just from your experience? Um, I, you, my honest opinion is that I think that we would see more clusters around cell towers. And we were talking a little bit, maybe if you could look at your data of homes that are right around cell towers, are we seeing more people mold sick or mold, more mold treatments around cell towers, around areas in the city where we have higher radio frequencies? That, that would be an interesting thing to dive into. And that with just with our tests and our treatment, yeah. you know, we know where the homes have been treated, right? So that'd be interesting to see where the towers are yeah. compared to that number of homes. We Pull it on a, up on a map and overlay it with the cell towers and see if you actually see a correlation in real life. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting we'll, test. We'll do that this afternoon <laughs> and then get back to you, the listening audience. Yeah, next time we'll report on that. And, you know, and another thing too, though, is that almost every home I go into has Wi-Fi. Every home I go into has pretty high radio frequency levels. Very rare do I go into a home where they don't have EMF. So that would say, okay, then all the homes would be putting off more mycotox. Then maybe they are. Maybe people are getting more sick from mold. Maybe we are seeing that rise. Yeah, because people talk about the mold epidemic and they often correlate it with building how we build homes, right? Yep. Um, and, and I guess there might be something to say for, you know, it wasn't that long after that we started the technology boom. Mm -hmm. so there could be something there as well, right? With the mold. Yeah, old getting worse. Yeah, you know, I I used to say that it was the building code changes that created more mold in homes, and you could almost overlay that rise in in incidents with kids that have asthma, with the fact that we're building homes different, and it almost lines up perfectly. But it's it's crazy to me to think that it's almost like all these things are coming together at once, you know, in in our uh, in our culture increase in poorly built homes have an increase in emfs um, i know that in just in the last 15 years that i've been in this industry the number of doctors that simply specialize in just mold toxicity has just climbed like crazy um, it used to 15 years ago it was very unusual to find a doctor that knew anything about mold and now there's doctors out there that are training protocols all over the world on how to treat mold. It just makes you wonder if all this stuff isn't coming together for the bad, you know, yeah. for all of us. And it's probably all interconnected. Yeah. Well, I wonder too, you know, is the problem getting worse or are we just becoming more aware of it because we're becoming smarter about it? Yeah. A little of both probably. So so when you when you find a mold sick home and, and customers who are mold sick and you're kind of guiding them through path to recovery for their home and for themselves, are you are you kind of, uh, is it pretty much you're going to talk about EMFs as well almost every time? So, 
you know, during my process, I go through the whole home and it, it typically takes about a whole day and we're analyzing everything, everything in the home. And once we get all the results back, then I try to prioritize. Now, of course, if they have mold in their home, they have a source that's top of the list. Let's get the source out. And it, that goes for any of the toxins I find in the home. We're, we've got to remove the source first. Yeah, always remove source. If you're using a toxic chemical, we're going to remove it. If you have, if you have heavy metals in your water, we're going to get a filter. We're going to replace that. Uh, you know, if you got high particulates, you want an air filter. So there's always a solution to remove the source. Once we do that, then there's things we can do to help lower the stress on the body. And that's where things like EMF and lighting, uh-huh. um, reduce sound and vibration, uh, maybe different colors, different schemes of the home where we can set things up, the feng shui, so to speak, and make the home more uh, less stressful on the body so they can heal faster. So, so what is kind of the remedial action for EMFs? Is, are there things like, I mean, you talked about the airplane mode. So airplane mode, you pretty much do that. How do you do that? You do it whenever you're not using it or, I mean, I'm not perfect, but you do it as much as you can. Yeah. Okay. So like if I'm out doing an inspection, it's on airplane mode. If I'm at home hanging out with the family after hours, airplane mode. Okay. It's definitely at night when I'm sleeping, I don't need my phone on airplane mode. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so trying to use that as much as possible. When I'm doing my Zoom calls, my computer, my whole office is hardwired. But when I'm at home and I'm spending time in my office, it's all hardwired. At our house, we don't have any technology in the bedroom. So bedroom for kids and adults, all of us, me and my wife know technology in the bedroom. Uh, you know, we have the office and we have the main room with the TV and we try to keep things really simple and keep it hardwired. So so basically the wireless devices are the, the culprits. So hardwire as much as possible. It is. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. you know, you brought up some earlier. We're not trying to get rid of these devices. We're not trying to say that TV is bad and the internet's bad. It's the wireless functionality. Okay. That's the bad part. So just get it hardwired. You can still use it. Just use it safely. And then turning things off when you're not using it. So we're talking about practical avoidance. If you're not using it, turn it off. There's no reason to be getting that exposure because it's always this uh, balance between convenience and hurting our bodies. And these, these technologies are convenient for us, but they come at a cost. So if we're going to be subjecting our body to potential cancer-causing uh, pollutants and toxins and stressors, let's make sure we're getting a lot of benefit out of it. So here's a question that just came to me. This may sound really like a stupid question, Ray, but so you've got, say, take it for an example, a router that puts out Wi-Fi, right? If you turn off that Wi-Fi or that router, turn the router off, does that frequency die right away or does it have a half-life? Or I mean, that's not the right term, but you know what I mean. No, Is that's it- a really good question. and People ask that all the time. Um, so it's not like a, a poison or a chemical. It's where not like, anthrax, It's not like yeah. if I'm smoking a cigarette yeah. and I put the cigarette out, how long does it take for the, the room to dissipate? Right. It's more like this light. If I shut this light off, it goes yeah. dark. Okay. Okay. So, and then as far as, um, so if we, if we eliminate wireless or say, say everything's hardwired, actually, as we were setting up the podcast, I thought this is an EMF, you know, bomb in here, but I think most of this is hardwired. So, would it, it would be more of the E part of EMF here? Then that would be electric field, the wiring that we have plugged in, the wires. Yeah, and you know, the this uh, audio equipment has shielded cables, so it's shielded and grounded, so it's actually not putting off a lot, but it would be the wiring for the E. Yep. Okay, so there's still a... But the E, it sounds like, especially if you're not right next to it, maybe less severe than is 
those frequencies that are floating around. It, the worst that I see is the magnetic energy. That's the ones where I come in, we find a high magnetic field, and they're like, oh, the thing, that's where my father-in-law lit, you know, spent time, and he's now died of some weird, strange cancer. Or even in the kids, we're finding you know, pretty sad stories. But it's the magnetic energy that's the most harmful that I see. So um, my wife, actually Brandon does as well, drives a Tesla. Um, not to disparage, but as far as, not to disparage Tesla, but as far as electronic vehicles, um, are they kind of a, a moving, ticking time bomb? So Tesla is actually better than some of the others. Oh, they have some shielding right? involved, and okay. it, it's not as bad. But we're going to get more of the exposure from the radio frequency, the smart hub, the hotspot, Bluetooth connection. Okay. Yeah, but it yeah. does have a little bit of a magnetic field. You know, um, I've talked to many people that drive Tesla 3s, and almost all of them will complain of a mold smell in the car. And I've often wondered, in fact, Dr. Wright brought this up, and said maybe it's the, the EMFs in the Tesla that is making the mold worse. Um, I don't think that's the case necessarily. I think it's a case where the filters aren't working right, or the air conditioning's not working right, and it's condensing water, and then it grows mold in there. It's just something's not quite right with the way it dries out the conditioning coils they stay wet and they grow mold but everybody i know that has a tesla 3 complains about a mold problem in those cars yeah that's interesting you know we talked a little bit about it but maybe some of these frequencies actually help some of these things grow and some of these you hear about these certain sound frequencies that are good for the body and you know we got songs that we all like to listen to that sound really good and it's it's healing for the body but then you got the dog barking at four in the morning or the airplane flying by when you have a talk that these are all stressors on the body. So I believe EMF, uh, these magnetic energies are similar. There's probably frequencies that are good, that resonate with the body, and there's probably a whole bunch that are not good. So that's an area that needs more study. To find we we, we got to get Ryan back on another one, because I would love to talk to you about like the Rife technology. Oh, yeah. That's interesting stuff. Isn't yep. It? I have a lot to say about those, too. Okay. They can be good and bad. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe we ought to kind of wrap this one up for now but maybe we can have you back around to talk about more of your, your experience how can uh, how can people find you if they wanted to enlist your expertise on this stuff yeah testmyhome.com i have a lot of education on there um also our instagram test my home uh just google us we'll come up have pretty good seo just yeah. go from there we have, we're working on a, a training course right now with a little kit that we can send out that includes some air samples so, um, some EMF meters, some air quality stuff that we can walk you through some videos where you can do some spot checking on your own just to make sure that there's nothing major going on in your home. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming, Ryan. I, I've learned uh, quite a bit, actually. And I listened to another podcast you did on this. So, yeah, thanks for having me. This has been great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery. Jeremy here from the Mold Matters podcast. Just wanted to take a second, let you guys know about an online store that has a bunch of great products uh, that are specifically geared towards keeping your home healthy. A lot of, a lot of products geared towards, uh, towards mold and keeping mold out of our homes. Um, go ahead and check it out. It's mypureproducts.net. And there seems like every week or two, there are more products being added to that to uh, that you can buy and purchase to make your home healthier and safer.
Thanks.